Hear that? Believe it or not, summer is just around the corner. Luckily, Armorall, America's most trusted auto appearance brand, has what your car needs to get that perfect summer shine. Plus, now through May 31st, we'll give you $5 for every 20 you spend on Armorall products. That means car wash pods, protectant, tire shine, you name it. Find out how to get your $5 rebate at armorall.com. Armorall, less work, more clean. Terms apply. Welcome to Running on Ice, the coolest community in freight. I'm your host, Mary O'Connell, bringing you the latest tech updates, warehouse news, and everything happening in the cold gene world. Not only is there the coolest show on freight, but there's also Running on Ice, a newsletter that could not be colder. You can subscribe to that on freightwaves.com slash running on ice. Today, we welcome back Royce Neubauer, the founder and CEO of SFL Companies. Welcome back to the show, show Royce. Happy to be back. I am excited to get into this one. Um, this is something that I think you have well, I obviously have firsthand experience doing it, creating a uh, brokerage out of nothing. Um, and that is, you know, kind of building a strong network of reefer carriers. And that's something that a lot of shippers, you know, might struggle with, or even a lot of brokers might struggle with, because it's not just you need to have a reefer. They also, you know, reefer drivers, as we've talked about before, kind of need that extra training a little bit that on like, you know, pulping the products and making sure that you know, things are the right temperature and that their trailer is cooled before they get to the shipper. So what kind of criteria do you guys emphasize and really look for when you're selecting a strong reefer carrier for temperature controlled shipments? Yeah. I mean, first and foremost, I mean, all of our carriers go through a pretty extensive vetting system. I think we're as robust as, as anybody in the industry. Um, so, you know, obviously their DOT safety ratings have to be in place. Uh, we're monitoring the TIA watchdog to make sure there's no, you know, bad, bad people out there that we're, that we're letting into our system, our ecosystem. Um, but as far as the actual equipment is concerned, that has gotten much easier to monitor. Um, over the years, it was very difficult, um, because we had no technology to really understand the age of the equipment. We were trusting the carrier to be honest with us. Um, back in the day when there were still spring loaded trailers, making sure that they were air ride, things of that nature, right? Uh, today we could actually monitor the carrier by their VIN numbers that are registered with the DOT. Um, so we have a technology that will scan the VIN numbers of the equipment that that particular carrier has registered. And we can see the age of the trailers, the age of the refrigeration units, the age of the tractors, things of that nature. So our system kind of monitors that digitally to make sure that we're not loading equipment that is 20, 25 years old that can't hold temperatures at, at the temp that we need it at. Um, at the same time, you know, we've, we've been doing this for a while, right? So when you're, when you're, treating carriers right and you're paying them a fair wage and, and, and they're coming through for you year after year after year, you know, you understand that they're able to replenish their equipment. They're able to do the right um, maintenance on their equipment and they're educating their drivers correctly. Um, when we're onboarding new carriers, that's always uh, a concern. So anytime we're onboarding a new carrier, we're, we're pretty cautious about what we're loading on that truck. Um, we're not going to throw, um, brand new carrier on a load of guacamole pulp. That's worth $140,000. Um, we'll probably start them out on a load of potatoes or something that's a little easier to manage. 
um, until we get some more familiarity with that carrier and then the trust factor. Um, but building, you know, that relationship is key. Um, so first and foremost, you got to have a strong vetting system. You got to make sure that carrier is, is keeping up with their maintenance, keeping up with their safety ratings. And, and those, those systems are out there for, for brokers or, or anybody that's wanting to load refrigerated, um, shipments to monitor the carrier, make sure that the, the, They've got good ratings out there first and foremost, but there's also new tech out there that's monitoring the VIN numbers, which is really cool um, for us to see the age of the equipment that we're putting on the road. That has to be a lot easier than, you know, sitting there and asking them, hey, can I have pictures of your trailer? And like, kind of, you know, that's the only other way that I can really think of verifying what the equipment might look like. We've done it. I mean, there are times... um, there really have been, but there's the worst part is when you send a trailer in and they've told you it's in great shape and the shipper sends you pictures and it looks like it just got out of the junkyard. That's not a good feeling. Um, but you know, that's where that trust factor has to come into play. If, if a carrier isn't being honest about what they have, then we're going to eliminate them from the system, um, from day one. So we have a grading system as well. You know, the better carriers do the higher grades they do and the, and the better shipments they're going to get from I like that you also have like that gateway uh, load of like just start with potatoes or something that's like a very low barrier to entry um, because like you said you don't want to trust an unknown an unknown quantity on something that's very exp- expensive um, that's a pretty high risk and pretty uh, pretty big mess up if that something were to happen one hundred percent and that's the biggest thing I mean we're trying to protect the carrier there too right so if if they're not used to loading some of these commodities that are considered high, high value, um, then let's not put them there. You know, it's, it's, they've got to be comfortable with what they're doing and what their driver is capable of. And, um, we do have extra parameters in place for our high value shipments where we've got to see pictures of halt temps. We've got to see pictures of reefer set temps from the shipper and the, and the carrier. Um, so, you know, we're, I think we talked about this in the last one, but, you know, the claims system, claims management's important, but you can, you can stay away from a lot of claims just at that shipping point. If you get everything right there, it's really hard to mess it up in transit. Um, so, you know, when we're, when we're onboarding new carriers or when we're considering selecting refrigerated carriers, you know, we kind of go through some baseline questions to make sure they know what they're doing, um, make sure that they understand how we operate. Uh, we kind of have a checklist that, that we make sure they check off in, in, in our carrier setup packets so they understand how we want them to operate while working with us. So you're kind of like Santa. You're making your list and checking it twice when it comes to reefer carriers. Yeah, exactly. Um, so speaking of reefer carriers, how do you go find a good reefer carrier? So like if you're sitting there and you're like, oh, I have this new customer, I need to get some carriers that are based out of, you know, the location that this customer is based out of. Like, what's the best way that you found to go find these carriers? Is it just kind of like Google reefer carriers line out North Dakota? Or uh, is there kind of a more sophisticated way to do it through like digital freight matching or anything? Yeah, it's getting it's getting easier. Uh, I would honestly say, you know, our system alone, you know, we track um, every carrier that's called into us from a load board or from a posting that we may have had out there. We're putting in that, hey, this this MC number was calling in on this route, and this is the rate that they considered. 
Um, so any call-in that we're getting, we're put, we're feeding into our system. So if I get an, our, a bid or if I've got a, you know, a spot load um, on the board, our, our guys are taught to go directly to our system first. So our system of record is the first location we go to. So that starts with the carriers we've loaded on that route first, carriers that we've loaded on similar routes second, and then any carrier that is called in at any point in time and it's dated. So we have a very strong system of record internally. Um, I think as you're building a, a brokerage or, or building a company that's moving freight in general, you've got to start with your own system of record. Um, now, if you're a new brokerage and, and you're just starting out, um, you know, it's a little challenging. You've got to, you've got to kind of rely on load boards. You've got to kind of rely on, on Google and the internet. Um, you can get into, you know, tracking carriers, you know, I'm going to age myself a little bit, but I used to, when I started we had like a book <laughs> that showed DOT numbers in Wisconsin and I'm trying to load trucks in Wisconsin. We're just calling through the book, right? So it's, it's a little easier today, uh, but you can you know, tap into, you know, the FMCSA and, and find carriers that are in certain markets and, and just start calling out on the carrier. I think you, I think too many brokers rely just on load boards. Um, and I don't think that's the best way to build a carrier partnership. Um, the best way is once you start building a relationship with a carrier, ask them about their friends, ask them about, you know, who, who, who do they trust out there? Who are they talking to at truck stops? Um, if they can't manage everything you have, who do they, who do they, you know, what other partners do they have in the, in the network? And we've been able to build our robust group of refrigerated carriers. A lot of it's through word of mouth. Um, you know, if you're treating your carrier partners well, they're going to tell your friends, them for their friends about you. Um, and, and we load a lot of small mom and pops that own, you know, anywhere from 10 to 15 to 20 trucks. And, you know, there's a community of those carriers out there that, that talk to each other, you know, their own blogs with each other and, and they're grading brokers every single day. So if, if you're not treating those people with respect and treating those people fairly, it's going to be tough to build that network. But if you're, if you're paying them a fair wage and, and, and being honest and upfront with them on loading times and how long it's going to get loaded and, and paying them detention when they deserve it and being fair on the claims management, you can build out a pretty strong carrier base just through your own system of record, through word of mouth, and not having to live on load boards. I uh, have long since said that that drivers are some of the most gossipy people. Like, they rival a group of teenage girls because, you know, you're going to know whether someone, you're going to know someone's entire life story within five minutes of talking to them at a truck stop or five minutes on the phone with them. You're going to know their entire life story, why they've got beef with another carrier or why they've got beef with another driver. You're going to know all of it. And the same goes for, you know, when drivers talk to other drivers, they're going to know everything about your freight brokerage and whether it's good or not. Because if I see something on a load board and I don't really know anything about that broker or that shipper, I'm just going to probably ask one of the drivers I might be next to at a truck stop and they're going to tell me the good and the bad, but the bad will come out so much faster than the good will because if you catch someone on a bad day, you could be like, hey, man, how's it going? They'll be like, never work with these people. Um, and that can just spread like crazy. Um, whereas, you know, good stuff takes a little bit harder, takes a little bit more time to spread. But don't worry, drivers will still gossip about it. 
hundred percent. And honestly, you're right. The bad spreads much quicker than the good, but the good does spread and they will talk about it. And, you know, they will let their friends know that, Hey, you might want to start calling these guys. Um, they've got great opportunities for us and they treat us well. You might want to give them a chance. I absolutely love that because, you know, it's, it's one of those things where you just want to know what you're getting into. We've talked about this before. You just want to know the expectations of when you're going into something. And so if you already know that these people will more often than not treat you, treat you nicely and yeah, things will come up, but you know, they'll be honest and transparent with you. That means more often than not, when something does come up and something does go wrong, I'm going to trust them to go back to them that they're not going to screw you. A hundred percent. So the one thing that I think is very interesting for reefer carriers and trying to like kind of help a shipper plan their network and optimize their route is, um, you know, reefer carriers, you have that additional issue of if you drop something off at one shipper 20 minutes away that maybe is at has to be at 40 degrees and then you have to go to another shipper 20 minutes away that your trailer has to be at 35 degrees. It takes time for that trailer to um, come down in temperature because obviously you have to show up to that that shipper with the correct temperature on your trailer. Uh, how does that kind of factor into some of that route optimization planning or like cutting down empty miles? How do you deal with that when you have like a pretty significant fluctuation in temperature between shippers, even if they're pretty close together? And yeah, that's where the refrigerator space is a little bit unique, right? I mean, the route optimization, I wish it were more prevalent. It's It's probably... In in supply chain in general, if we ship different verticals here at SFL and route optimization and the refrigerator space is the least optimized, I should say, um, you know, because there's only so many places and so many manufacturers and distribution centers and, and processors around the country and they're, they're sparsed out, right? So the spacing isn't always great. Um, now, when I'm talking about getting a certain temperature to a certain level, you know, I might have a dock right next door to where I just deliver and I have to wait two, three hours because I, I've got to push that temp down to the correct temp or I've got to get it up a little bit depending on what season we're in. Um, so it's, it's tough. It, that's, that's a, that's a great question. And it's something that we're, we're focused on trying to solve for. Um, but at the end of the day, you've got to protect the product first. So if, if I'm a refrigerated carrier and I just dropped off a dry load, which happens all the time, um, and, and my reefer hasn't been running and, and I've got to pick up in two hours, and I've got to get my temp to 35 degrees and I'm in California this time of year, you're, it's going to take several hours. Um, so we, you know, we just hope the carriers are honest with us and let us know that, Hey, I know you got me set for this appointment time, but I can't get my temp down till four hours after that. We're okay with that because we can adjust the appointments. You know, the worst thing is when we get there and the and the reefer's not at temp and the and the product goes on the truck because that's when you end up in a claim situation on the back end. Um, so, you know, as far as routing is concerned, you know, our systems will, will flag, you know, carriers that we have on certain routes, and if we have a pickup at near one of our deliveries. Our system will be able to tell our brokers that, hey, we've got a carrier in route to that similar radius. Let's go ahead and call that carrier before we call anybody else, see if we can get them a real get them a better call. Um, you know, I am I am all for opening up networks and, and democratizing uh, the carrier networks and, and and honestly the shipment networks around the country because I think we would all end up being 
benefited from that process, but nobody wants to share that data, right? I'm, I, I don't think other brokers are going to want to show me their routes and what they've got going on. Um, it, it's one of those things though, that it would be better for the carriers. It would be better for the shippers and, and it would probably push, um, some of the, the, the bad players in the market, whether they be brokers, carriers, or shippers away, because people were, are, are going to be more efficient and they're going to want to work with the top of the top. Right. And route optimization is, is key, you know, filling out, maximizing trailer space is key. That's another, you know, key factor that I think we really need to focus on moving forward. Um, you know, you, you have retailers that are only loading certain amounts of quantities. They don't want to have products sitting on their shelves like they used to. So you're seeing fewer and fewer trucks be fully maximized. How do we fill out that trailer fully? Um, when I've got a load from one retailer filling up two thirds of it, and I've got, you know, three, three pallets of organics, going to another retailer that I would love to throw in the same truck, but I don't know that those two are side by side because we just, we haven't opened those channels. Right. Um, so these are big key factors that we've been focusing on for 20 plus years. And until people really start communicating and sharing data, it's going to be really tough to crack that egg. I feel like that makes it even more complicated because in dry van, you can load, if you have like, you know, five pallet spaces left on a truck, it's pretty easy. You can find something around there. But with refrigerated freight, you have to find, you have to first find something that is five pallets that you can stick on there. But it also has to be at the same temperature. And also, you know, if it's food, you can't risk any kind of cross-contamination, whether it's um, poultry or meat and veggies and whatever. I feel like that adds another layer of complexity that makes it much harder to fill up those trailers and makes it kind of, like you said, almost impossible to ensure that every load is a full truckload. It, it, it makes it very difficult. It makes it very difficult. Um, but there are certain shippers that are ship, shipping the exact same commodity to five different retailers that are within a 50 mile radius of each other. Right. And they're all shipping two pallets. Well, instead of setting in five trucks, grabbing two pallets, I mean, I could send in one truck, fill out that truck and go to those retail, but we're not sharing that information because retailer A doesn't want retailer B to know what's on their truck and retailer C doesn't want retailer A or B or C to know what's on their truck. So there's just no, cross collaboration between them. And I get it. It's competition and it's, but at the same time, they would all benefit from sharing that data together because it's going to cost a lot less to ship their goods because they're not paying for the full truck. At the same time, you know, there's a green effect to that. It's fewer trucks on the road. It puts more trucks into the marketplace because there's less shipments, which drives down the cost as well. At the, and the carrier is going to make more too. Because now they've got a full truckload rate instead of that retailer beating them up because it's only two pallets. Absolutely. I think that is something that I, in a perfect world, all retailers would share information and everyone have access to each other's backhauls and headhauls and everything like that. But unfortunately, I don't think we'll be, I don't think we'll get to a world like that anytime I don't soon. Think, I don't think so either. But we're, we're hopefully thinking that, that something will change, right? Hey, look, we got to have dreams, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> So I guess when it comes to, you said that you kind of track these carriers, when it comes to measuring success and, you know, those key performance indicators, those KPIs, what are the, like the top two things that you look for in your carriers? I mean, number one is honesty. 
be honest about what's going on out there. Good, the bad, or the ugly, right? We, I need to know if a, our brokers are being honest with you, with the carrier. Um, I need to know if you're having a problem, whether it's a refrigeration breakdown situation or a maintenance situation where you need it. If you need a little bit more money in, in a shipment, just to you know pay for something. Um, so honesty is, is key for us. We can deal with problems if we don't, if we know about them, if we don't, it's, it's hard to, um, and, and then, you know, that kind of goes in line with number two is just communicate with us. Um, you know, if, if a shipper is doing something that you don't feel comfortable about or a receiver's doing something that you don't trust, let us know. Um, we're here to work together with our carriers. I mean, they're just actually more important to us than our customers because without them, we don't survive. And we know that the carrier is the one that really kind of gets forgotten in this. And it's always been our goal to make sure that they're not forgotten and that they're a true partner in this process with us. And we want them to grow alongside of us and at the same pace. Um, but if honesty and collaboration is not up front and center, then it's, it's, it's really difficult to grow that trust factory, grow that relationship. Um, I think if carriers, you know, trust their brokerage that they're working with, the, that they're going to help them grow and, and take care of them. They are, they are going to collaborate more. They're going to be more honest. Um, you know, we've integrated a lot of technology so we can track a lot of things now. So if I have a carrier that, you know, is saying, Hey, I can make that pickup time. And then as soon as they accept our shipment, we're tracking the GPS phone and they're a hundred miles away from where they told us they said they were, then that honesty factor starts to, you know, go out the window. Um, but we're not just going to freak out on it. We're going to call and say, man, just don't tell me that. Just be honest with me. Let us know. I might have another shipment that's closer to where you're at than where we're sending. Um, so you know, I think with our company, we've done a good job of, of providing honest feedback to our carriers and letting them know when we have a problem with the shipper or, or if something's getting held up. Um, and we just have asked for that same respect. And I think if everything starts and ends there, you're going to have a good chance of building strong relationships with your carrier. I feel like that's a hundred percent accurate. You know, you just, you got to make sure everybody's on the same page and that everybody has each other's backs because at the end of the day and everyone, their first knee-jerk reaction is to blame it on the carrier and everybody just starts playing the blame game on each other. So I think knowing that it's a true partnership and like, no, I'm not going to get blamed. It's, it's the good way forward. Um, we know where you stand on a couple hot issues here. You know, we've covered the TSA uh, seat in an airplane. Um, so I have another hot question for you today. Are you ready? I'm ready. Would you rather travel 100 years forward or backwards in time? Oh, backward, definitely. Um, I'm a history geek. And what better time to be alive than the Roaring Twenties, right? I mean, you you bring a good point. You do bring up a good point. I uh, as a as a, a big fan of the Great Gatsby and that whole era, you bring up a solid point. I would just want to skip a lot after the twenties. Like if I could just go back for the twenties, skip the next twenty five years. Right. I right, so if anyone wants to, uh, you know, reminisce over the nineteen twenties or pick your brain on any uh, reefer carriers adding to their network, where can they find you outside the show? Yeah, they can find us at www.sflcompanies.com or just email me directly at royce at sflcompanies.com. 
All right, you guys heard it here first. Royce's DMs are open, uh, specifically for 1920s-themed historical things. <laughs> Thank you so much for joining us today. Thanks for having me. It was a great time. You can catch episodes of Running on Ice right here on FreightWaves TV, YouTube, or anywhere else you get your podcasts like Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Need more Running on Ice news? No sweat. Subscribe to the newsletter on FreightWaves.com slash Running on Ice. See you on the internet. Mm-hmm.